Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Sis Internet Radio. Sisters in Spirit, affectionately called Sis, is a nurturing environment for women that inspires harmony in everyday living, shares resources that empower, offers information and support that nourishes the soul, balances our mental and physical well-being, and promotes inner peace and heightened spirituality. Our vision is a world where women live consciously, harmoniously, and spiritually to positively impact our lives and the lives of those with whom we come into contact. Join us as we live life with style, grace, and of course, much joy. Good evening, all, and welcome to tonight's show on Aesthetic Birth. A paradigm shift. I'm Darlene Nazaire, your sis host, and I am here with our guest tonight, Sheila Kamara Hay. And to quote Sheila, ecstatic birth is a call to put childbirth back on its sacred pedestal and women back into an empowered relationship with their bodies and their experience of birth. We at sis couldn't have stated that any better on how to remind us of the beauty and power in the moment of conception, not just for the mother, but for the child as well. Now, we've all heard the horror stories about excruciatingly painful and laborious birth. Now, let's learn about the flip side, where there is pleasure in birthing, potentially spontaneous orgasmic birth, which makes perfect sense when you understand the anatomy of the female body. But when I looked at tonight's guest logo, Ecstatic Birth, for the first time, I saw the word ecstatic and then the upside-down birth, I realized that this was an awesomely amazing paradigm shift that we needed to share with the CIS family. So whether you are of the age where you're birthing a child or not, or a male supporting a woman through childbirth or just wanting to understand more about childbirth, You'll get a lot out of tonight's show. So, Sheila, good evening, and welcome to the show. Hi, Darlene. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. Just to tell you a little bit more about Sheila, she's a writer, an ecstatic birth advocate, and super mama to three young children who researches ways to make childbirth more enjoyable for women. Her childbirth journeys left her exclaiming, why didn't I know it could be this good and people need to know. So as she states on her website, she is shouting from the rooftop so that everyone can get this information. And so we'd like to share that and share her earnest with all of you tonight. And let's start with Sheila telling the audience about how you started on their journey and you can talk some about your story about the first fearful and stressed out childbirth all the way through the journey to your third, which was ecstatic. Yes. You know, the first time I got pregnant, I loved being pregnant. I was so in awe of my body. I was so in awe of what my body was doing. It had this primal wisdom to conceive and nurture and grow life within. And I just, I, I, I was 
amazed by it. And I wanted to feel that in birth. I wanted to feel that full, like primal body wisdom come forth when I gave birth to my child. I wanted to feel like the power of my femininity. And the birth that I ended up with was a lot more traumatic than ecstatic. It was the sort of thing where like I I wanted that beautiful birth, but I had no idea how to create it. So, you know, I took a natural birth class and beyond that really wished upon a star and I didn't have systems in place to support me. And I had really a very difficult birth experience with my first child. So difficult that it took me a while to become pregnant again with my second child. My body really needed to heal from that before it could even uh, entertain the idea of nurturing life again. And then when I did become pregnant with my second child, it was very clear that I could not go through that again. I would not go through that again. I had to do it completely differently. And so I trained body, mind, soul. In every way that I could think of, I prepared for this birth. I left no rock unturned. I read every book there was to read. I did whatever programs I could get my hands on because it had to be different. And I had a really beautiful, peaceful, zen-like birth a natural birth, and I knew my body could do it. I, I was really high off of that. I was very um, empowered by this realization that, no, my body had not failed me the first time, that my body was very capable of giving birth in this beautiful, natural, primal way. And so when I got pregnant with my third child, I thought to myself, all right, now I know I can do it. I want to see if I can enjoy it. Because in every book I ever read about natural birth, there was always one line along the lines of, you know, some women experience heightened states of ecstasy, some women experience states of bliss, some women even experience orgasm during birth. And I wanted to know what that was about. I wanted to really uh, explore that possibility of being able to enjoy my birth experience, not just because, you know, I did it. That had a lot of pleasure in it. But I wanted to be able to enjoy the journey of my birth, to be able to enjoy the labor, to be able to enjoy the different stages of birth. And so that's really where I put my attention for the next nine months and really just explored, you know, the female body, learned about the body, learned about, you know, sensuality, learned about, you know, pleasure centers, and just really brought pleasure into that birth in every way that I could. And what I discovered during the birth of my third child blew my mind. Because even though I had been consciously studying for pleasure for the duration of my pregnancy, what I experienced was way beyond my wildest imagination. And I danced through that labor. I was dancing with my contractions. And it was, it was you know, like the difference between when you're at the ocean and the waves are coming at you, well, you can dive into the waves and let them wash over you, which is fine, mm-hmm. and it's a good way to get through the waves. But this time, I was like riding the waves. I was surfing the waves. I was having fun with the waves. And I was really blown away by how pleasurable my experience of birthing was. So much so that I, you know, I I turned to my husband and I was like, I don't understand. Like, why didn't I know? You know, why didn't I know that it could be this good? And why doesn't every woman know? So that was, you know, sort of the seed that got planted that really... Uh, brought me on this path where right now I just really want to spread that information. I want women to know. I want women to know that pleasure is an option in birth. And, you know, you used the analogy of the wave. That was so great. So I 
thinking, I'm picturing that the current standard or the cultural mindset around giving birth is really where the waves are coming at you, pounding at you, and they're beating you down, and it's actually painful. And the other thought that I had from your comments was that this current cultural mindset doesn't allow women to participate in the birth unless you're told to. So if they're telling you to push, you can push. But otherwise, you're supposed to just be there as a participant, not a participant, but just, I don't know, be there as a body part. Yeah. (laughs) What would you say to that? It's really, I mean, I think those are really valid observations. And I think, um, you know, part of it is, like, we've been disempowered as women. We've been told that, you know, we need help, we need the doctor to help us, that the pain is excruciating, that we can't take it, that we need, you know, we don't, uh, unfortunately, I think a lot of women go into birth thinking the doctor is delivering their baby, right, that they're uh-huh. not the ones delivering their baby. And actually, right. that's, that's what trips everything up, because as soon as you give your power away, then you have none. And uh, I, I think... You know, as a culture, we're very victimized by birth, and I don't think most women are really aware of that. You know, that's kind of what they expect. They expect to go into, uh, you know, go into a labor and delivery room, get some drugs, and get it done with, like have someone take care of it for them. And the truth is that birth birth is the most, if you are conscious, birth is one of the most transformative experiences you can have in your life. And it's really a shame that the predominant model of how we birth as a culture, it's taking that gift away from us. Because when you can really step into your power as a woman and birth your baby using your, you know, feminine power, your essence, your warrior, like you emerge a very empowered mother. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, when I look back at my first birth, and at the time I didn't really know what had hit me. It was only once... I got very educated that I understood exactly what had went down in my first birth. But when I look at that period afterwards, when I had my newborn, I had, you know, I had my first baby in my arms, I, and I look at pictures of myself, I feel like I, I wasn't really there. I wasn't really there. And when I look at where I was in my life, I was also in a very um, disempowered place in my life. And I really believe that, you know, and, and this is a very common saying in the world of natural birth, is how you live your life is how you birth. And I, I can see that in my own journeys because progressively from the first birth to the third, I got way more empowered, I got way more conscious, I got way more connected to my body. And those are the three keys, I believe, in having a, you know, a, an ecstatic birth experience. Mm-hmm. So t- let's talk more about how you live your life is how you experience your birth. So if you're living your life in a fearful state or, as you mentioned, an unconscious state and not really aware of the body and the, the life, I guess you can go all the way to that extreme, then you experience life accordingly. Tell us more about that. Well, I think I think there's so many different levels to that. So, you know, one of the first things you can look at as you're, as you're walking about your life every day is, like, how do you handle your fears? Right, so there are a lot of fears around childbirth, and rightly so. It's it's a really big event in a woman's life, right? It's a really big event physically. It's a really big event emotionally. So it's very natural for a woman going into her birth to have a lot of fears. 
So the first question you can look at is, like, how do you handle fears in your life every day? Do you kind of, like, avoid them completely, or do you, you know, do you like to fight your way through your fears? Or do you get conscious of what your fears are about and try to get yourself supported around them? Do you, um, you know, do you empower yourself? Do you empower yourself through education? So these are all things that, you know, you can, when you're going through something big in your life, whatever it is, that is bringing up fears, like think about like what what is your MO when it comes to fear? So mm-hmm. in birth, uh, to, to really disarm your fears, one of the things you want to do is get really conscious. Like look your fears in the eye. What are your fears? Be honest with yourself. And really look at, the, look at your fears and turn them around and say, well, what are the chances of that really happening? What's the validity of that? And then educating yourself. And once you educate yourself about like, you know, what are the different variables? Like if your fear is, let's say, you're scared of having a C-section. That's a very common birth fear. So you educate yourself. You find out, like, what are your practitioner's rates, C-section rates? What are the hospital C-section rates? What are the things that cause C-sections, you know, typically in the paradigm in which you birth? And you can do all of that research, and you might find, well, you know what? My practitioner doesn't have great rates. So if you're really trying to support yourself through your fear, what you do is you switch practitioners. Or if the hospital doesn't have great rates and you have a better option, a birthing center or home birth, you might do that. So that's a way of, like, sort of supporting yourself through your fear. You make sure that there are people around you that are supportive of your birth desires. Um, And so that's one way, like, life will mirror it's really like how conscious you get around your fears how do you support yourself around your fears and um, you know how do you empower yourself despite your fears the other thing is um, you know we're birthing all the time people we're birthing creative projects we're birthing new jobs we're birthing new versions of ourselves we're birthing new relationships and when you think about when you think about your life in that context you start to you can start to see the parallels between the physical act of childbirth and, you know, this more metaphorical act of childbirth. So just for example, like when I was birthing my business, um, I had contractions. And we are sort of programmed to think, okay, contractions are a bad thing. Contractions are, they cause pain. Contractions are just, it's, it's like the, the friction that makes room for the expansion. It makes room for your opening. It makes room for whatever it is that's, you know, trying to come through you, whatever, whether it's a physical baby or a business or whatever it is, it makes room for your growth. So if you look at rough spots and you, like, try to avoid them and you, you know, resist them and, you know, you fight, it's going to make the whole experience much harder for you, right? But if you look at those rough patches, if you look at those contractions, whether they're physical or metaphorical, as something that's going to help you grow, as something that's going to make room for your expansion, that shifts everything. So that's, you know, like one way of how you operate through your life is how what's your what's your relationship when you hit those rough patches in life, those contractions in your everyday life, how do you move through them? That's a great point. And if you really think about it, those contractions are really moving you along your path. As a contraction, it helps push a baby down the, the birth canal. Exactly. So it's moving things forward for the exactly. benefit and good of yourself and the child. 
very interesting way to put that. So you talk about training your mind and body for the challenge of birthing and to get that pleasure potential out of it that's possible. Can you go into that some more for us, please? Yeah, well, I think the the very first step when you decide that you want a childbirth experience that dif- that's different from what, you know, the culture in general is serving up, the, your very first step is you have to create an alternate culture. Like, we've, we've all grown up in this paradigm of childbirth is supposed to hurt, right? Childbirth is our punishment for Eve taking a bite of the apple way back when in the Garden of Eden. So th- those are, like, some really deep roots in our Heavy cultural... Stuff, yeah religious, societal beliefs. So if, and we've all grown up with that. So if you decide, you know what, like I want to choose a different paradigm for birth, you have to kind of reprogram yourself. You have to, you have to give yourself a new culture, so to speak. So you will, uh, you're going to watch as many videos of uh, empowering, pleasurable, orgasmic, whatever sort of birth it is you're trying to create, you're going to watch as many videos of that as you possibly can, right? Because chances are you've grown up on, uh, you know, the sitcoms where a lady runs in screaming, ah, I'm going to die, you know. So you want to counter that. You want to bring in the images of what you're trying to create into your psyche. You're going to read as many positive birth stories as you can. You're going to talk to as many women as you possibly can who have had positive birth experiences. You're going to try to soak in this new reality that you're going to try to that you're trying to create for yourself. So that's the first step. The next step is you got to educate yourself. Unfortunately, like if you want something different from what is happening at the local hospital down the street, you have to educate yourself because if you don't, you're going to just kind of like ride that current right into the typical outcome. So you have to find out like what are the politics underlying birth? What is going on in the hospitals? Which kind of birth is better for me? What are the outcomes that feel right for me? What are the settings that feel right for me? What are the practitioners that feel right for me? You really have to educate yourself on all of that, on the process of birth. Uh, You know, I I think a childbirth ed class is just scratching the surface. You really want to understand what happens and what are the conditions that make for a positive birth experience. So that's sort of the mind part of it. Uh, the body part of it is, you know, our bodies have wisdom, and we live most of our lives in our heads. We're thinking our way through things, and and birth in, in birth there really isn't room for you to be in your mind. Birth is a full body, primal experience, and one of the things you want to do is get used to being in your body, and what that looks like is when you're met with a decision, rather than think your way through, you want to start to learn to feel your way through. What feels better? What feels better in your body? So you can sit with a practitioner, and that practitioner can be saying all the right words, but you feel unease in your body. That's your body's wisdom speaking to you. That's a a really important language to get familiar with when you're playing with birth, when you're preparing for birth. Sorry. Because what happens is, in birth, you want to follow the cues for your body. Your body has all the wisdom it needs to birth your baby. And if you know that language of, like, feeling your way through, you will know how to move. You will start moving with instinct, and you won't resist it. It won't be an unnatural feeling for you. 
Now, the other part of connecting with your body is also being comfortable with your your sexuality. Uh, childbirth is a sexual act. You are using the same body parts to birth your baby as you did to make your baby. So even though in our society, you know, childbirth is way off on one side and everything sexual is way off on the other side because, you know, kids and babies and sex, they don't, they have no relationship with each other in our society. <laughs> um, the truth is that they are actually one and the same thing. So childbirth is the culmination of the sexual act and you're using the same body parts. So that women really need to get comfortable with their with their sexual bodies. And unfortunately, um, women that have been victims of sexual trauma in the past, they have a lot of healing to do because that's all in their tissues. And right. that you know, birth can trigger a lot of that fear and trauma coming up. But even for the average woman, there's a lot of shame around female sexuality in our society. And so just to reclaim that, just to reclaim that part of your body that um, is undeniably a part of you being feminine and a part of you being a feminine, your feminine power, it's a really big step in preparing for childbirth. Okay. Our co-host, Sky, has joined as well. Sky, good evening. Good evening. How are you, Raisa? Good evening, Sheila. Hi. How are you? Hi, Sky. You're doing well, thank you. We were just in the middle of the discussion on training your body and mind around how to have a successful aesthetic birth. And um, are there different schools of thought, Sheila, around ecstatic birth? Um, you know, I don't think so. I think that most of the voices out in the field right now are saying similar things in different ways. Um, I think the, the, the term ecstatic birth is a very, like, large umbrella term to say, like, you're, you can enjoy your birth, right? And enjoying your birth can be um, anything from feeling great. Like, you just, ha- you just birthed a baby, you have a healthy baby in your arms, you're a mother now, and you're excited about that. That can be a huge feeling of ecstasy. And then it can be, you know, ha- like going all the way to the other end of, like, you know, you had an orgasmic birth. You had a spontaneous orgasm during your birth. So it can be any and all of those things. And I think, um, you know, when I think about an ecstatic birth, it's, it's an elevation of our relationship to birth. So rather than, like, okay, I have to endure this birth so that yeah. I can have the prize, which is the baby, which, of course, the baby's the prize, but you can actually enjoy the birth and still have the prize of the baby. There's no reason to take on this, like, self-sacrificing, I must suffer, you know, and please, medical system, take all that suffering away from me so that I can get to the prize relatively easily. You know what? The whole journey of birth is created. It's a rite of passage. It's a rite of passage for a woman to become a mother. And... In a, that's a really big deal, and to be able to kind of own that, whatever it looks like. You know, I've had women who have had C-sections, but they stand proud and they say, you know what, I had an ecstatic C-section because their C-section happened from their own empowered place. Like it was their decision. It was very conscious, 
as part of the birthing process. They were not a victim of the system, but they were in tune with their bodies. They were in tune with their inner wisdom. They were in tune with what they needed at that moment when the choice was presented to them. And that was okay because ultimately we want to have a healthy baby in our arms and a C-section, you know, can be a life-saving operation when necessary. So I think in general, when I think of an ecstatic birth, it's like an elevation so that women are empowered as opposed to victimized. And I can speak for myself. I went through Lamaze classes, had a natural childbirth, and I had a really strong mindset about it until I got into a hospital environment where women were extremely fearful, crying out in pain, and I almost let that change my mindset because there was so much fear there, it was palpable. And so you really do have to empower yourself because I had gotten to the point where it was just all about getting the baby out and not about um, having an empowering experience. And that paradigm shift would have most appreciated. <laughs> well, I, I, I mean, I can, give you that, I can give you that paradigm shift right now because what you did to be able to have your baby naturally in that setting is like the feat of a warrior. It's not easy. You know, one of the things with birth is that you want to, your body needs to feel safe. And the more unsafe you feel, the harder it is for your body to really allow that opening to make your baby come through. So, I mean, you did amazing. It's not <laughs> an easy you. thing what you did. Can you tell us how the baby benefits from ecstatic birth? So we understand how the mom does. Yeah. How does the baby benefit? Well, the baby benefits first and foremost by having a mom that is really in her essence, like a, a mom that's traumatized or disassociated from her body or disempowered because she didn't know how to empower herself is going to be that kind of mom. It, it's very, it's very uh, I'll give you an example just from my own personal experience. When I had my first baby, um, it took me, on a physical level, it took me weeks to get up out of a chair because I was so physically traumatized by the experience of that birth. Whereas when I had my second and third, I was full of vibrancy. I was full of energy. I was full of joy. And I was I had that much more to give my baby. So on, on that level, you know, happy mom, happy life, right? Happy, uh, woman, happy, life. happy woman makes the, right? It just, it, yeah. the, the mom is the source for the baby. So if your source is in pain, disassociated, traumatized, depressed, disempowered, that's going to affect the baby on an emotional level. Whether, you know, babies don't think with their heads yet, they're feeling beings, but they can feel that. And it also affects the mom's mothering. So um, there, that's one thing. And then on a physical level, you know, the baby's still connected to the mom during birth. And so any yummy, delicious hormones that are flowing through the mom's body, any feelings of joy, any feelings of ecstasy, well, the baby's a part of that. Any feelings of stress, 
of, you know, um, of uh, the synthetic hormones or any of that, like the baby gets that too. And a lot of studies are now coming out showing how some of the medications commonly used in birth can actually affect the baby's health long-term. There are some suggestions of the link to autism. And, you know, I'm not a doctor. That's not my realm. But there are a lot of questions being asked right now about, like, what, what are, you know, what are these birth practices doing to our children long term? And I would add to that, you know, things like pulling the baby out with forceps and squeezing yeah. the head. I mean, I, yeah, that just never seemed quite right to me. <laughs> right. I mean, the body was designed, I mean, in pure perfection, I believe. And there are babies that are born via C-section need to be massaged and rubbed because they're not getting that squeeze through the vaginal canal, which actually stimulates their entire system to start operating on its own, separate from the mother. So that's just another example. And, of course, that makes perfect sense. Right. Right. You mentioned that there are some conditions that are ideal for birthing. What kind of environment and mindset can talk a little bit more about that is best? Well, the ideal conditions for, like, like the ideal conditions to maximize your pleasure in sex, let's say, are the ideal conditions for maximizing your pleasure in birth. So your cervix is a sphincter, which, like your pupils, which, like your anus, your sphincter muscles need to feel, uh, they like a dim environment, a quiet setting, um, for you to be able to be relaxed, to um, be able to open fully. So, um, you know, if you think about, like, well, what are the ideal con- conditions for when you make love? You like to feel safe. You like to feel supported. You like to feel connected. So these are all uh, ideal conditions for giving birth. Um, also, sensuality is a huge, not just... Um, it's a it's a huge what's the word I'm looking for like it supports labor and birth. Oxytocin is the hormone that um, your body secretes during orgasm. It's the it's the hormone your body secretes when you're cuddling, when you're making love, um, and that is actually what they when you go to a hospital and your labor has stalled, what they give you is pitocin. That's the synthetic form of oxytocin which your body makes naturally when you are feeling connected and when you are being sensual. So anything sensual actually helps progress your labor forward. Um, a lot of midwives and doctors will recommend sex, orgasm, to jumpstart a labor. Um, they will recommend kissing, cuddling, eye gazing, nipple stimulation. These are all things that can stimulate your body's natural oxytocin which helps the uterus contract and progresses your labor. Now, another thing is orgasms actually decrease your, increase your pain threshold by over 100%. Orgasms are actually more powerful than some of the major tranquilizers you can get, you know, from the pharmacy. So that's another way to actually bring pleasure into birth to not only help the progression of your labor, to help it move along, help your opening, 
and the baby come down, but it actually supports you in transforming the intensity of your sensations during birth from pain to pleasure. And it's funny you mention uh, orgasms heighten your threshold for pain. Well, you know, a lot of women say, I have a headache, I don't want to have sex. But actually, if you have sex and you orgasm, you won't have the headache. You actually feel a lot better. So kind of oxymoron. (laughs) Exactly. And the, the other thing is also orgasms stimulate blood flow to your pelvic area. And your all the tissues around your vaginal wall are erectile tissue. And so when they, when all the blood flows into that area and that erectile tissue gets really engorged, it's much more stretchy, it's much more pliable, you open much more easily than tissue that's not full of blood. That tissue, when it stretches, it hurts a little, it, you know, it's not as elastic. Mm-hmm. So what else do orgasms and childbirth have in common? Um, what else do orgasms and childbirth have in common? I mean, they really have everything in common. So beyond just using the same anatomy parts, when you are orgasming, what your body is doing is it's opening up to an incredible rush of energy. And when you're giving birth, you are filled with, like, an incredible amount of life force energy. And so I think when I think about uh childbirth, it's very similar to sex. You're using the same body parts, the same ideal conditions for sensual lovemaking or good for birth. Um, You're secreting a lot of the same hormones. Everything in birth is just much bigger. So um, the sensations are bigger. The amount of energy that's flooding your body is much bigger. Obviously, the baby is much bigger coming through your vaginal canal. And so just that bigness in and of itself can really trigger a lot of fear. This is a lot more than, you know, what a woman is used to feeling in her body. It's a lot, there are a lot bigger sensations. They're a lot more intense. And that fear of like, oh, my gosh, this is so much, can cause a woman to really get scared and to really Mm -hmm. resist the process and to really kind of like clamp down. When you have fear in your body, you're clamping down the energy flow, you're clamping down the blood flow. And what that does is it creates a sensation of pain. But if you can not be fearful, if you can prepare yourself or be in the moment, if, if you can open yourself to that amount of sensation, that amount of energy flowing through you, and be um, really welcoming it through your body, allowing it to flow through you, there is a huge potential for pleasure as well. Um, you know, I, I think it's really unfortunate that, and, and maybe I should start by asking this question. Um, today, in terms of childbirth, um, this um, ecstatic birthing, is that something that's um, more readily taught or referred to now as opposed to, say, the type of um, preparation they gave women um, maybe 10 years ago? Because as I'm listening, I'm thinking, you know, it makes perfect sense that if you are taught, one, not to be fearful and how to experience it um, as something pleasurable as opposed to something that's going to be, you know, extremely painful, then it just makes common sense that the whole experience is going to be, one, easier and more enjoyable. Um, 
I remember uh, when I had my son, um, I had some lessons, and, you know, at that time, breathing was a big thing, which I totally forgot about when I got into the process. But if I would have had a different mindset, I could see how the entire incident could have been um, uh, a, a lot different. Um, I, too, did not have any type of um, medication. I had natural childbirth, but it was um, a situation where it was like, I think my biggest thing, to the point that it was almost comical, was trying to remember how to breathe. <laughs> yeah, you know, so um, is, is it like the norm now? Have they changed the way that they prepare women for childbirth? No. <laughs> no, that's what <laughs> that's we're working on here. No. <laughs> okay, so no, it's still the same thing. And, you know, it's just so unfortunate because it could just be a, an entirely different experience yeah. no, if it, they I mean, just incorporated that. That's what we're working on. That's what we're yeah. working on. I have a training program on my site. Um, the um, the Orgasmic Birth, the director of the documentary Orgasmic Birth is coming out with Orgasmic Birth online classes, but it is not typical. I mean, you kind of have to find a practitioner that's very unique. You need to find support that understands this. I think, you know, when I started doing this five or six years ago, people would, like, look at me funny, you know, what, mm-hmm. what are you talking about? <laughs> But in the past five or six years, I've seen a tremendous amount of progress in the information that's out there and is accessible to people. Now, if you Google, you know, ecstatic birth, orgasmic birth, a lot of stuff comes up. You know, when I when I when I was preparing for my daughter's birth, it was very I, it was it was very sparse. There wasn't much online, and it was a very strange feeling to be like, oh my gosh, I, I think I'm on the edge of information that's available. <laughs> but in the last five or six years, a lot a lot more has come up. And um, hopefully a lot more will come up, and hopefully, you know, more and more, uh, more and more practitioners are going to start to embrace this paradigm. You know, uh, you were talking about the breathing, and it brought up um, this thought. You know, one of the things when I was looking into really enjoying my third birth, I looked at a lot of different uh, different methodologies for like orgasming and sensual expansion and female orgasm and how do you expand your orgasm, how do you have multiple orgasms, how do you, mm-hmm. you know, my way of researching, like, what, what's possible as far as pleasure in the female body? And the one thing that I noticed that really kind of stunned and amazed me is the language of natural childbirth and the language of orgasmic expansion are one and the same, mm-hmm. meaning that there's a lot of talk about um, being present in your body. There's a lot of talk about feeling the sensations Mm-hmm. Um, and the tools are very similar, too. Like breathing is a big tool in both modalities. Sounding is another big tool in both modalities, like letting, using your, your voice to manage the energy flow through you. So mm-hmm. there, I think it's really the same process. And also uh, when you are learning to orgasm and, you know, have bigger, larger, uh, more prolonged orgasms, what you're really actually doing is learning how to um, expand your capacity for energy. Mm-hmm. So you're opening yourself to more and more, uh, a greater amount of energy. You're, you're training your body to be able to let that greater amount of energy flow through you. And that's the only preparation that I know of that you can do for birth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely makes sense. I, I'm recalling now when um, back during those days, they did have very, very sparse information because I remember a friend 
who um, at that time I think they called them birthing rooms where it was like more of a room instead of a hospital emergency room, and she participated in the birth of her child. That's the only thing that I could see that could be anywhere um, similar to um, what we're talking about this evening, but typically, you know, it was rushed to the emergency room. And, um, you know, it just would make such a difference. So, you know, maybe, um, and and I'm sure, you know, that what you're doing is um, the forefront, at the forefront of things transitioning as more women become aware and start looking for alternatives to, you know, just, it's not a horror story, but it's, you know, just the the, um, stress. It's stressful. That's what it is. And it really should not be. And, you know, the thing is that, Right now, we need women to kind of wake up mm-hmm. that, because right now women, I think, as a whole just kind of accept that that's what birth is. Birth is supposed mm-hmm. to be this, like, emergency that hurts, that, you mm-hmm. know, like, that's, that's, it's just accepted. And right. so the trick is, you know, what's it going to take to wake a woman up? For mm-hmm. me, it took having, you know, a really traumatic birth experience for me to be able to say, you know what, that's not going to work. We need mm-hmm. to do this differently. But I'm hoping that, you know, the more women hear about this, the more women understand that this is a possibility, the more practitioners embrace this, that, you know, you won't have to go through a traumatic experience in order to get to the ecstatic one, that it will be more readily available yes. for women in general, that they can say, you know what, I want this. As opposed right. to saying, no, that's okay, I'm just going to get that epidural. Yeah. And one of the things that you mentioned as a tool is also visualization so that, in your mind, you understand that this can be a better experience, an empowering experience, and you can see yourself moving through it and feeling mm-hmm. empowered, and that changes your total energy around it. So you move from a place of fear to mm-hmm. a place of love, acceptance, and expectancy of having a good experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I just want to say one other thing is I think right now because this information is very new and, you know, it's just getting out there. I think what happens also sometimes is a woman looks at uh, this idea of an ecstatic birth or an orgasmic birth and it's like, you know, there's an ideal out there of what that kind of birth looks like. And the truth is that birth is raw, birth is primal, birth is messy, birth stirs your shit up. Mm -hmm. And... um, what I see happening a little too often is a woman will have this sort of ideal in her head, and when her birth doesn't match that exactly, she thinks that she failed. And okay. that's sort of, it's sort of heartbreaking to watch that because, you know, that woman, you know, 99.9% of the time had a much more empowered experience, mm-hmm. had a much more pleasurable, pleasurable experience than she would have had otherwise. And so I just really want to caution anyone that's out there listening, like take this idea of an ecstatic birth, an orgasmic birth, and really just see it as an ideal. And Mm -hmm. ideals are meant to inspire you, right, to to reach up for something better than what you've got. That's what Mm -hmm. ideals are for. And use it as a tool in that way. But don't use it as a measuring stick against, you know, well, my birth was good, but then there was this part. Right. And as you mentioned earlier, you, you... you can compliment yourself on what you did well. You actually Absolutely. had the courage to take on an Absolutely. ecstatic or orgasmic birth and to not criticize yourself for what didn't go as well as you would have liked it to or it's really, as you said, had the thought in your mind that it should have went better. 
Yeah, because anything can always go better, right? Anything, like anything we do, even if it's, even if it's really great. I think as women in general, we're such perfectionists. We have such a tendency to look yeah. at ourselves, and be like, yeah, it was good, but I could have done this better, or I wish I had done this. Well, you know what? It was good. Celebrate that. That's great. Yeah, perfectly imperfect. Yes. Can you tell us more about what you're doing? If you have upcoming workshops or events in the near term, and provide the listeners with your contact information. Okay, thank you. Um, all right, so my website is ecstatic-birth.com, and what I do there is I blog about all of these issues, just try to get the information out there. And I have a bill available for women that are really interested that say, so, you know what, this is the kind of birth I want to have. How do I even prepare? I have something called the Ecstatic Birth Training Sessions, and what that is is it's 20 uh, 90-minute audios that are literally that. They're training sessions, and they're with different teachers in the worlds of natural childbirth, in the worlds of female health, in the worlds of female sensuality. So I've created a curriculum, and I've called upon these amazing leaders like Dr. Christiane Northrup, Ina Mae Gaskin, um, you know, Regina Tomashara is known as Mama Gina, uh, all of these incredible people in, in the worlds of birth and female health and sensuality to come and, and give a training session on their area of expertise. So the Ecstatic Birth Training Session is a digital program. You download it. You can listen to it on your, you know, on your phone or iPod or computer. You also get transcripts and workbooks and all that stuff so you can prepare to have this kind of experience. It gives you all the information you need in terms of, like, you know, how do you set up your birth? What's the, what's, what are the environments to think about? What are the different factors? How do, you, how do you disarm your fears? How do you learn to tap into your inner wisdom? What practices can you do today to learn that? Um, you know, how, how, can you, uh, how can you heal issues with your sexuality? How can you expand the amount of pleasure you feel in your body? All of this is addressed in the ecstatic birth training sessions, and that's meant to be not a childbirth ed class because we don't go into the nuts and bolts of, of, uh, of labor and birth in that way because, you know what, there's so many people out there doing that. There's no need to recreate the wheel. So this is meant to be another layer on top of a childbirth ed class. So I definitely recommend that women get a, as comprehensive of a childbirth ed education as they can, but this is another layer for people who say, you know what, I want to have a pleasurable experience. I want to have an empowered experience. I want to have a transformative experience. What are the things I need to think about? What are the things I need to look at? So that's, that's the main thing that I offer on my website. And for women who have gone through the training sessions and feel like, yeah, I get it, but I'm still struggling with, like, you know, this part of my situation or this part of my reality, I also do private consultations. And then as far as workshops I give, I do most of my stuff online because I'm a mom. I have three kids, so I don't travel all that much. But I do monthly training via um, in Theos Academy online. Uh, so that's via video stream. And I've had... I've had a few classes already. You can access the archives on Entheos if you're interested in learning about that. And just you can sign up, sign up for my mailing list on my website, and I'll keep you posted on all the different online trainings that I do. Okay, great. Sounds good. Sounds awesome. <laughs> any you. message that you wanted to impart that we haven't covered yet? 
No, I think we did a great job of covering it. I mean, the main thing I want women to know is that childbirth is not something just to be endured, but it, that it's, it has a huge potential for pleasure. It has a huge potential for transformation, and I want women to know that. And one of the things you mentioned on your site is that you can go from the whole doing of childbirth to being in the moment of childbirth. And you talk about the yin and the yang. Yeah, well, um, I think, you know, the yin and the yang, the feminine, the masculine, the expansion and the contraction. So they're they're flip sides of the same thing, and they complement each other. And I think we live in a very doing society. We're used to doing this, doing that, and we don't spend a lot of time just being and allowing, uh, allowing the the allowing things to come to us, flow through us. We're used to going out and getting them, right, and going out mm-hmm. and working on this and working on that, and you know we have a to do list, but to just like sit and receive. So in childbirth, a lot of a lot of the first stage of labor is receiving that opening, the energy, the sensations coming through you, being present with that. Um, that's, you know, that's a big part of it. And then I think the second stage of labor when you're actually pushing is more of the doing. But then you can look at each, each uh, wave of contraction as having that energy of yin and yang. So the, every time you go through a contraction, your body is physically working, your body is doing and then in between you get this gorgeous, like, delicious rest, which if you're <laughs> really, like, if you're really soaking it in, you're getting some, like, yummy energy in your body to mm-hmm. support you through the next phase of your labor. And I'd like to invite the listeners and those in the chat room to comment because this is definitely an interactive discussion and we're getting so much here about exposing the cultural myth that there must be pain in childbirth. Now, we're not saying there won't be any pain, but we're saying that it is not a criteria for childbirth. It does not rest on that foundation of pain and reproduction. Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those things like, you know, I'm not saying childbirth is easy. I'm not saying it's a walk in the park. It's a big experience. Mm-hmm. It's a really big experience. There can definitely be huge sensations. Those sensations can be considered pain. Those considered those sensations can have the potential for pleasure. But it's like we were talking about before, you know, the contractions are making room for the expansion. And so it's really your relationship to the sensations and how you're how you're processing them that can make a difference between whether you're in an overwhelming amount of pain or if it's manageable and if it's pleasurable. So it's all it's all there. Yeah, I think the, the main point is um, being able to shift how you experience um, the childbirth and to be able to be engaged and empowered instead of being like um, this, this vehicle, this receptacle that, that something is happening to yeah. and um, instead be engaged and be part of the process instead of being, again, something that um, 
this vehicle that this situation is happening to. So it's it's really wonderful, and, and I hope, and I'm pretty sure that more women, because, you know, women are moving back to um, even breastfeeding is more popular now than it has been in the, in the last 10 years or so. So I really can see where uh, more women will start looking into this. And is yeah, there really a website or somewhere where people can go to find out more about practitioners and institutions that participate in ecstatic childbirth? Um, right now, the two, the, the you know, the buzzword for that, there, no one is really talking about ecstatic birth from the practitioner point of view, but in terms of birthing practices that would support an, an ecstatic birth, there's the Mother Friendly Childbirth Initiative. So you can Google mm-hmm. that online, and it's a coalition of uh, women that work in the field of maternity services, and they've outlined, you know, some basic principles for, you know, what does it mean to have a mother-friendly practice? What does it mean to have a mother-friendly birth? And we are starting to see some, you know, some hospitals adopt these practices and start to implement them, and that's really huge. So that's, a, that's, a, that's one place to just kind of learn, go to learn and educate yourself as to what you're looking for, and you can ask your practitioners about that. The other resource I would like to share is a nonprofit organization called Choices in Childbirth, and they have a, uh, a provider network, an online provider network, where practitioners that operate in this mother-friendly way um, can list their resources. They are predominantly, at the moment, New York-based, but within the next year or two, they're going to be expanding to cities all over the United States to, pro- to provide the same service throughout. I like that concept, mother-friendly. <laughs> mm-hmm. And as you mentioned yeah. earlier, when it's mother-friendly, it's child-friendly as well because mm-hmm. the energy is transmitted through the mother to the child. Yeah. Absolutely. And, I, you know, I think, I think there's like a big lesson for mothering there as well because as mothers, you know, it's, it's almost our instinct to be like, of course the child comes first, and I will do anything for my child. I will sacrifice for my child, and I will walk <laughs> through fire for my child. But you know what? Like, why, you know, If you are not in a good place as a mother, your child is, is not going to be in a good place. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'd like to sort of invite moms to shift that paradigm as well and suggest that, yes, you will do anything for your child, but the most important thing that you can do for your child is take care of yourself so that you That's are whole, right. so that you are happy, so that you are healthy. And to model that for your child, you will gift your child that. You, you, you will not be able to give that to your child if you are depleted and worn out and self-sacrificed. Mm-hmm. So true. What a great beginning for an entrance into the world. Mm. As we wind down the show, we end with a quote. And Sheila, will start with you. Oh, thank you. All right. Um, The quote that I would like to share has just disappeared from my computer screen. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Would would one of you like to go first while I pull it back up? Sure, I can share mine. Um, It reads, when you change the way you view birth, the way you birth will change. And that's Marie Mongan. Oh, that's beautiful. Mm. I have one as well where they actually took a quote from Nelson Mandela and said a lot of things that he says can be applied to childbirth. So I'm just going to change a little. 
And it says, I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. A brave woman is not one who does not feel afraid, but she who conquers that fear. And so that just speaks a lot from mindset of a standard cultural fear-based birth to moving into and exploring something new, which is ecstatic or orgasmic childbirth. I love it. I love it. Nice. All right, so I'd like to share this, that ecstatic birth is a call to turn our cultural understanding of birth inside out and upside down, to transform our perception of birth from scary to empowering, from painful to pleasurable. Oh, very nice. We truly appreciate your having been on the show to share that information with us. And again, please provide your contact information to the audience. Mm, Thank you so much for having me. This was my first ever radio show, and it was really such a pleasure. Um, Great. Thank you for being with us. (laughs) So my contact information, again, my website is ecstatic-birth.com. And my email is Sheila at ecstatic-birth.com, and you can find me there. You can find me on Facebook under Ecstatic Birth, and my Twitter handle is Ecstatic Birth as well. We thank you again for being on the show. And you can find out more about Sheila or leave a message for Sheila on the Fluid Mag site, where, which is our online magazine, www.fluidmagazine.com. Here on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cis dash in dash spirit. And we invite you to listen to the archives. If you missed part of the show, you joined in late, feel free to go back and listen to it from the beginning because there was so much beneficial information delivered specifically for us women here tonight. Sky, any closing comments from you? No, it's just a really awesome discussion, and I'm really looking forward to learning more about it and seeing it expand. I'm looking for a book from you, Sheila. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you both so much. This was such a pleasure. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Okay. So to the audience, thank you for joining, and have a good night. Night. Good night, everyone. Good night. Bye, Sheila. You've been listening to This Internet Radio. Until the next time, enjoy the fluid flow of life by remembering to infuse harmony into your everyday life.